Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, what's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Tom Davis here, your host of the No Bad Dogs podcast. It's the award-winning, top-charting, fun, interactive, informative hopefully entertaining podcast. We have a different podcast for you guys today. There's not going to be a client on the other end of the line. I am going to be talking about some things that have been going on uh, in, in our lives the last couple of weeks, as well as my recent visit to New Jersey and all the things that we did there. And then at the end, I'm going to do my Q&A uh, that you guys ask in the iTunes review charts. So I'm going to be doing some Q&As, going over frequently asked questions. So it's going to be a little bit different today, but there's just some things that I wanted to get on here and talk about. So the first thing is, it's just context. I think I'm just going to dive right into it, you guys. Context uh, is is just huge in the world that we live in now with social media and people coming into conversations or people joining a conversation or watching a video or seeing a video out of context. Um, and, and I've been... I've definitely done these types of things and just been ignorant and uneducated or maybe, you know, been a, been just a one of those days, right, where you just kind of go off. And so I've been seeing, uh, not necessarily just in, in my channel, but, you know, today is Sunday and it is, what's the date today? Sunday, uh, January, um, January what? What the hell is it? I have no idea, to be honest. January 23rd. Anyway, so I just posted some things last night, and I posted some old videos of the reenactment slash staged uh, e-collar thing that we did. And so if you guys don't know what that is, we did a, like two or three years ago, we did a video where we did have a client come in and get really upset with me because uh, he was a husband of the owner that had been coming in already talking about training. And this stuff happens all the time. I mean, people are like, not not all the time, I shouldn't say that, but it does happen. And I know it happens to other people when they're outside, when they're walking with their dogs, if they have a prong or they have an e-collar or whatever. And somebody's like, hey, why would you use that? What's the point of that? I've personally never had that happen in public. However, I've had my fair, fair goes at uh, people coming in and just being confused on why we're using equipment. So we did it. My, my, my whole objective, and this is, I think I've talked about this before, but my whole objective with this particular video that we did, and I'll leave the link in the description below so you guys can check it out so you can see exactly what I'm saying if you haven't seen it. But essentially, I just wanted to recreate things that we have to deal with all the time to educate people on people, literally companies, big companies, schools, colleges do this day in and day out. Um, and we just, I had the idea, I shouldn't say we, I had the idea with my videographer at the time to say like, I want to recreate a situation that dog owners and myself deal with sometimes where you get somebody that's really like, why are we doing this? I don't understand. And so we just, we're like, all right, we want to create a video that will get a lot of attention because it's a, it's an opportunity for us to educate people on the remote collar. Now I will say I'm, I'm almost positive. I'm not a hundred percent sure, 
because I don't I haven't looked, uh, but I but I'm pretty sure this particular video is the number one watched remote collar video on YouTube, possibly on the internet as far as introductions and how to do it. It's got almost a million views. Uh, it's got thousands and thousands of likes, maybe hundreds of thousands. I don't know. I haven't checked. Anyway, my point is, is there's just context for some people who don't understand, like they think, and I'm going to talk about a couple of different videos and kind of get into, you know, the, just the dog world in general, but this is the awesome outlet and platform to be talking about these things is right here on the podcast. And I think, you know, I, I took pieces of those um, and and I and I plug them into my TikTok and TikTok. Just so you guys know, is just something that helps me create content and pushes pushes people to my other platforms. The pod people discover me there, right? TikTok's one of those discovery type things. Like Instagram is is, and we're just gonna get into like social media in general. But I just Instagram is just kind of like your business card, right? That's like, oh, this is who I am. This is what I do. Here's what I've done in the past. And then TikTok's kind of like discovery, like you can discover new people and same thing with YouTube. You can discover new people, but you can also learn a lot on both of those platforms. And so I use them accordingly. You know, YouTube is my long format, learn how to do these things. The members club is the longer format, uh, connecting the dots, community-based thing, link in the description. Uh, that, that is one of those things that, you know, we go in there, it's just different platforms for different things, right? My YouTube's in the description too, but it, it's, it's just interesting to see the context and how many people get upset sometimes about just not understanding bigger pictures or not understanding why we're doing the things that we do sometimes. And so anyway, my point is, is we did this video and it was literally just a reenactment. I hired two actors that were local. I knew one of them. I was like, hey, you know, this stuff happens to us all the time. I want you to, and, and, and to be fair, in the description of that video, it says, this is a reenactment. This isn't real. At the end of the video, it also says, this is a reenactment. This isn't real. And the reason why I did that is like, why didn't you show it in the beginning? Well, it's simple because if, if the, the, the reason why I did this video is because there's a lot of people who just don't know about the remote collar. They're uneducated. This video wasn't for people who don't like the e-collar. This video wasn't for the people who hate the e-collar and, and don't understand it. This video was for the dog owners out there that are on the fence about what this thing is and what the what the talk is about it and what, what what's going on with the politics behind it. And we did just that. We were very successful at it. Very successful. Like I said, it's got, I think, 971,000 views. That's That's almost a million people that are watching a video on how to introduce the remote collar right, what it means, what it means long-term, why some people don't like it, some frequently asked questions. And I, and I wasn't completely one-sided in the video and said, I really talked about, here's some things that you should never do with it. Here's some things why some people don't like it. Here's some things that like I don't particularly like when people do. So it was really just like a full circle educational video to really get in front of people and that's exactly what we did. Like I said before, I think it's the most viewed e-collar video on YouTube, um, on on how to, on just in general. So that's huge. It's a huge accomplishment for for me and my team, and not 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 for view sake, but just education. Like that many people who saw how to do it. Anyway, when I post these things, on, like I take a little, and and I and I get it. It's kind of like asking for it when you post these little things. People are like stage, 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 staged. Uh, I had this one person that's like really upset that. Like, oh man, you're better than this. And I'm like, 
I am. This is the only thing we, <laughs> I would always be, you know, I'm always honest with you guys. This is the only reenactment kind of staged video we've ever done. I said it in the comments. I said it in the video. I said it at the end of the video. Um, and it, it was, to me, it was like kind of clearly staged where it was like, Hey, here's a dog owner with a problem. I'm going to walk you through some things that people struggle with. And so anyway, I just had some people that were upset and it's, and, and then some other people that were like, you know, I, I, I don't understand like yada, yada, yada. And it's like people, I want people to understand that whenever I do something that is like, and we'll talk about the, the German shepherd video in a little bit with the muzzle and the catch pole that a lot of people took out of context, but I just want people to understand like the bigger picture. And I know for me at the end of the day, I just need to be the air quotes, bigger person and just understand that there is a bigger picture. And that video did touch hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And you got to think like a gigantic stadium is like a hundred thousand people or more, but like we hit so many people and it continues to grow. And so I kind of take pieces of that and I post it on things like TikTok and things like that where it's like a TikTok's like this discovery platform where people aren't following my every single move on there. People are just accumulating on the platform to watch what I have to say sometimes and it's really just a discovery thing. So when I re kind of recreated those and recycled those videos, I had some people that again like took things out of context. So, to be honest with you guys, like if you look at the comments on the TikTok, it's like I don't know. One out of 10 people were like oh, this is so staged, this is so bad. I'm like, yeah, we all, like, that's the thing is a lot of you know, I know, like, yeah, no shit, it's staged. Like, that's why we did it is because we wanted to really recreate something that happens. Anyway, context, right? To me, the bigger picture. I'm always looking at the bigger picture of laws being formed as well as dogs not utilizing, or dog owners not being able to utilize equipment. So to me, that was a big win as a whole. There's going to be some people, as always, with social media that are going to be upset in the way that things have framed out in that particular concept, but context is so big. There's also like a lot of people in there that were like, you guys should watch the whole video. It's actually really educational and blah, blah, blah. So I just wanted to touch base on that because I my main reason is, is macro, big picture, always looking at the end goal, and also just really stating for the people who really follow me and really understand and are part of the army, like, I don't want you guys to think I'm trying to trick anybody because I'm definitely not. Like, that's not my, you guys know me, that's not my thing. That's very bad taste in my mouth. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to try to trick anybody. But what I did try to do is I tried to create a very engaging video to get people in, into the video to watch how it works and what the e-collar is and the significant difference as well as two labels in the description and in the video of it was staged and we appreciate you watching and we were wildly successful with executing on that um and if i ever do anything like that again i will definitely i guess put the hey this is a reenactment in the beginning because i just i didn't want people to think i was trying to like be malicious about it because i certainly wasn't it was just an educational piece and it was very successful. And then the other video that we did that got a lot of, again, like out of context, um, I don't know what to call it, out of context, uh, I guess, hits on it was the Scout, uh, Scott video. It's a German Shepherd. I'll leave that link in the description below, but it's the German Shepherd that basically I was doing a behavioral test with on a catch pole, and I posted it on 
you know, many platforms on YouTube. It went crazy on TikTok, It went super crazy. Uh, got like 30 million views or close to it or something like that. It's crazy. Anyway. So, uh, you know, there were, there were some people, uh, that, and I don't, I didn't watch them or anything, but people were telling me like, Hey, there's, you know, there's a lot of people that are taking that video and kind of like reposting it, uh, and recycling it saying, some negative things about the video. And I don't really particularly care about what those particular people say. However, again, I want you guys to know, and I'm making this podcast and making this kind of uh, conversation piece for you guys to know, like there's context and that's the bigger picture is always context of what's actually going on. Because I think that that's important. I want you guys to know that when you see some of that stuff, it, it's context, right? And, and, you know, like that particular video um, you know, especially the one that was on my TikTok that was like, I don't know, 30 seconds or a minute long, which is nothing. There was, uh, probably like four or five professional trainers in the room. Uh, there was some students that I was certifying in dog training in the room as well as of course the owner was in the room. And what a lot of people don't understand is in that same session of me temperament testing, I was literally temperament testing this dog, which means he would he would come after the owner and come after me anytime we gave him pressure. But what I, what I wanted to know was how far would he go? Now, this was a dog that I literally told all my staff to drop what they're doing and come watch because we'll probably never get a dog like this again. And we did have a dog recently this, this past year in 2021 be similar to him, and the, dog, the dog's name is Leo. He's a Dutch shepherd that we worked with that we were successful with scatter feeding on. But anyway, so I got a, so we had, we had like, like I said, we had a ton of, we had four or five trainers in the room. We had students in the room. I mean, it was, it was a observation of behavior to see really what this dog would do. And so I think a lot of people, like when I posted that, they thought that I was training the video or training the dog and this is how I train. And I was trying to, to, to force the dog to do things. And really what I was doing is I was seeing how far this dog would go. Like, would he back down or would he not back down? Would he, and what I was at the end of the day trying to figure out is would he come after me every time? So when I get, I had, he had a muzzle on because he has a bite history, obviously, if you watch the video. Um, and then I put a catch pole on him. And the reason why I put a catch pole on him is because I had worked with this dog in, in the past. And when he comes after me, he's, he's like a hundred and something pound shepherd. He's a big boy. And when he comes after me, I didn't want to choke him out because when a dog like that comes after you, especially just with a Baskerville, because you can still get nipped and bit through a Baskerville. Um, and we did, we, we, that's just the muzzle we had at the time. Again, like context of this is a dog owner. This is real training in real life, in real time. It's not like we had six months to prepare, two months to prepare. It's like, hey, let's bring this dog in and see what we can do. So I did a, a session, maybe two before this particular dog. And when he came in, he had a Baskerville on. And so I was like, all right, I don't want to get out a cot and a place command, which I've done before with dogs who really aren't that serious, but I also don't want to fight them. And so if you work with these really big dogs and they come after you, you basically have to hold out your arm and stop them from coming after you so they can't get to your legs or get to your stomach or your face, worse. And so that obviously creates a lot of conflict. And, and in this situation, there's really, it's inevitable conflict because he's like, hey, I'm the biggest guy in the room. And I'm like, let's just be neutral here. Um, so I wasn't trying to overpower him or anything, but that's why I was using the catch poles because when he came at me, I can basically just hold him there. 
kind of like in the old movies where the, the there's a an older person holding like the little kid and they're trying to get to him. So I was trying to see exactly. And again, this was, geez, I don't know, three, four years ago. I'm a completely different human. I'm not saying I regret any of the things I did. I'm just saying some of the things I may have done in that video, I may have changed where maybe I, maybe I would have used um, the, the cot or something like that. It's just one of those things. Like, again, like I've done catch pole work many, many times with dogs who really want to come after you. And it gives you an opportunity to be stable and neutral because you don't have to react. And there were a couple times where he did come after me and I just was holding him and holding him and holding him. And then I would give him a little bit of pressure, which means I would walk towards him and I would see what he would do. I wanted to see if he would recluse away from me. It was just a really interesting con. I mean, this was just a really interesting case because this dog neurologically, I think had some issues going on and the genetics and the breeder and it's a whole story. And I'm not, I'm not, coming on here to tell the story about Scott and the things that he was doing. I'm just coming on here as a general statement um, to you guys to just let you know, like just in general, it doesn't matter if it's me or it's season Milan or Victoria Stilwell or James Franco, who the hell cares? There's, there's gotta be context of what you guys are watching and the information that that individual is saying. And that's what I see a lot of not only in the dog training industry, but just in social media in general is they take a clip of somebody and then they post it somewhere else and really shade that individual with out of context stuff. Now, if anybody's ever done this to me, I'm I'm happy that we have the No Bad Dog Army that kind of, you know, are in the comments like, "Hey, this is this is way out of context. You should go watch the whole video." Like, so in that particular video, I literally dropped the. Um, I think we took off the muzzle. I can't remember. I know we took off the we took off the obviously the catch pole and stuff. And I was actually feeding him from my hand in the same video. And like a lot of people were like, "Oh, this dog's this guy's this guy's dangerous working with a dog like this, like the you know training like this." And I wasn't training him. I was just temperament testing him. I was seeing how far he would push me. So anyway, that was just one of those like viral videos. And to be honest, I don't have to hop on anywhere and explain myself to anybody. It's just I want you guys to know as the No Bad Dog Army context is really important and it's something that I don't think is is talked about a lot in the industry because you know same thing with like Caesar in a situation like many many years ago where I, th I don't know what happened but he ended up like using his heel to get a dog's attention and like people took it and put it way out of context and said that he booted the dog and he be abused the dog and blah 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 and I think it was like a it was like a working dog uh, and they were like really loading on something and he was just like popping the dog saying, hey, pay attention to me or stop bloating or something. Anyway, I mean, he had to deal with all sorts of stuff. Anyway, I'm not I'm not uh, sticking up for him. I don't really know the the situation with that and I maybe shouldn't even talk about it because I don't know enough about it. But again, like this is the thing is context is so important for for anybody and I just want you guys to understand because I had a I had a couple people, like I said, that were on my comments in the TikTok and they're like, Hey, I really like your stuff, but this video isn't it. Or, Hey, I really enjoy your content, but I don't like this video. And then there's 50 other people in there saying, wow, I never knew this, or this changes a perspective, or I've never heard it explained this way. And that's why I do that stuff. And that's really why I'm making this podcast. I am producing content and I'm putting out content on the internet to help dog owners. If you follow along and it helps you, I'm so grateful that you're here. Of course, the No Bad Dog Army, the people who have been following me for a while and know who I am, 
and know all the context and all the things that I believe in and all the work that I've done. I know that you guys understand a lot of these things when you see that stuff, but I just want other people to know, you know, just out there that I'm, I'm not doing this for anything other than helping dog owners understand certain pieces of equipment and certain training styles. And there's, I don't want you to put the dog down because you worked with somebody who maybe didn't have enough strategy or tools to help you. And so that's why I'm always doing the things that I'm doing. And I believe in the no bad dog movement. And that's why I wanted to make this podcast is just context of all that stuff is huge. And, and I can't, I can't, uh, explain it enough and I can't talk about it enough, I guess. And, and maybe I'm making this cause I just don't, I don't ever, I don't ever address these situations, um, individually. And, uh, I just know that the internet's a very big, big, big place for people to get on a box and shout from the rooftops, which is why we, you know, we live in the country that we live. And if you're listening to this outside, it's just why you live where you live. And I think every, I guess my point is, is everybody has their own freedom of speech and has the ability to say things. But just for me, as I continue to, to, to do the things that I'm doing, I wanted you guys to know context is, is really important. So if you see somebody, not just me, but if you see somebody out there that's throwing things out of context, just know that that particular person may be coming from just a, a, just an uneducated place or B just a place where they're just trying to shade somebody because of X, Y, and Z that they're jealous or they're upset or the cancel culture bullshit, whatever. So anyway, so just be aware of these things, guys, like moving forward, just in general, uh, is it's huge because I've just seen so many people, you know, become victim of putting things out of context, like, like propaganda where it's like, you know, you just, you shoot a picture of somebody like there was this one video of Justin Bieber getting out of a, an SUV and his wife Haley, uh, was going to get on the other side, but she ended up coming on his side and he just shut the door behind him cause she was going to the other side of the car to get out. And everyone like ripped him apart saying that he slammed the door in his wife's face and he didn't, he just thought that she was getting out on the other side. And I just see this stuff happen a lot. And, uh, again, I wanted to hop on the podcast and just go over some of these things that happen and, uh, it's okay. It's okay that these things happen. It's normal that these things happen, but I just wanted you guys to know that these are the things that are happening and, and I don't address these things for a reason. Cause it doesn't matter. Cause I'm looking at the bigger picture. If it's 15 to one, I'm not going to hang, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to the one person that has a problem with it, but I am going to tell you guys that are following my podcast that I know that these things happen. And uh, I know that you guys also understand the big picture and the things that I'm doing. So I just wanted to be clear on that. And then moving on, switching gears a little bit, guys, we went to uh, New Jersey and I was doing a training in New Jersey uh, and I was doing a private training. And so what that means is I went, somebody hired me to go to their house to help them with their dog. And it's going to be a great video when you guys see it probably next week. Uh, golden retriever and uh it's a good one but uh i really wanted to talk about the meetup that we did which i'm super super still kind of fired up about it's a lot of fun basically just posted on my story that like hey um i love hanging out with you guys i love seeing you guys i love meeting you guys i love you know continuing to help you guys if you have questions when i'm out uh you know into these places and i just never have time we never edge out time and just one thing too that I, I've explained a couple times in my lives that you guys may have seen me talk about often uh, is, especially if you're in the members club, is people are like, come here, come here, come here. 
and it's whatever. But it's just funny how many people are like, "Hey, are you coming here by any chance?" Or do you do you like are you are you have any plans to come to these areas? And I want everyone to just understand that when I go places, it's because people hire me. I don't randomly go to Florida or Germany or Sweden or Austin, Texas because I got nothing else to do. It's because I'm working. And so this particular time I said, you know what, I'm going to um, do a meet and greet with, with anybody that wants to hang out on a Tuesday night in New Jersey. So I posted it on my story and um, it was a great outcome. I mean, we had like 45, close to 50 people there and we just basically took over this lobby uh, somewhere in, in New Jersey on a Tuesday night, it's freezing, but we had so many people come out. And we had so many people like ask questions. And so we just did, you know, some pictures, we signed some stuff and we just kind of chatted and we ate pizza, had some beers. It was wonderful. And we're going to do more of that in the future. And like I said before, like what we're going to end up doing is I'm going to let you guys know on my Instagram. So make sure you follow my Instagram. The, the, uh, the handles are in the description and, uh, yeah, anyway, so, so that was just wonderful. And I just want to say thank you for anybody that came out to that. Um, for a dog trainer like myself or a dog educator like myself or a teacher like myself, whatever the hell you want to call me, uh, to, to go out to New Jersey on a Tuesday night and have 50 people show up just to be around you and listen and, and join the community is very special. And I'm very grateful, but I'm also extraordinarily excited about that. Like if we have that friction and we have that drive and we have that fire and those embers starting to go just think about what this is going to be in a year two years three years from now you know we'll be doing huge gigantic meet and greets gigantic seminars auditoriums tours all this stuff and that's really like where we're headed just so you guys know is we're amping up our production we're talking about new show ideas the dog's destiny we're we're doing logistics for that we just have a lot of stuff in in the in the pipe and it's because of you guys like I wouldn't be doing the things that I'm doing if it wasn't helping people and you guys weren't engaged with hey how do I become and optimize my dog's relationship or how do I optimize my training as a trainer or whatever so it's pretty cool to, to, to be able to do that and I don't take it lightly and I definitely don't take it for granted I just think you know there's there's having having that meet and greet really like opened me up and kind of gave me perspective of how much responsibility I have too, because everybody that showed up was just so engaged and so like locked in. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Um, and just like, it's just a different level, you know, it's like, as a, like I said, as, as just a dog person kind of growing up and, you know, not having money to do anything and not being able to, to, you know, you guys know my story, but you know, it's just crazy. And, and I'm just super grateful. And I just want to thank everybody that's been a part of this journey so far, but I'm, I'm also excited because I can't wait to, you know, I'm proud to, to, to be a part of this. And, and I hope you guys are too. And I'm very proud to, to see what we're going to do in the future, you know, as we grow and as we do things that nobody else is doing in the industry, um, or nobody else is doing it the way that we're doing it. I'm just, I'm just proud. I'm just really excited. And I just, I'm very grateful. So thank you guys so much. For everybody that came out, make sure you guys uh, follow me on Instagram and turn on your notifications because we do plan on doing a little thing uh, maybe this spring. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll do a little a little tour. But uh, until then, 
make sure you follow along. And I just want to say thank you guys. And I, we're going to answer some questions um, on the on the podcast questions here that you guys can submit. If you guys want to submit your specific dog training questions, all you have to do is go to the because on Spotify you can't write reviews. I don't think. I think you can just leave a rating. But on uh, actually on iTunes you can actually leave like your questions. So that's what we've been doing because it's the only way that I can communicate with you guys is you go to you go to iTunes, you leave a review, and then in that review um, I'll answer your questions. So we have quite a bit of new ones. I took the week off last week just because we were on the road. So Sam Lowe, thank you so much for the five-star review and great insight. We have a question right here. E-collar training inquiry from no one 86. Hi, Tom. I love the show and all the online content. I found your videos while I was in quarantine and binged the podcast once I discovered this channel as well. I've currently got an eight-year-old husky and an almost one-year-old pot cake dog fancy way of saying he's a mutt from the caribbean islands for anyone who doesn't know i've also been riding horses nearly in my entire life and done quite a bit of training as well really appreciate how many times i hear you reference horse behavior and training i handle dogs the same way i do my horses and it seems to work quite well yeah i agree i agree on that the pot cake puppy is the most trainable dog I've ever had and picks up on new commands extremely quickly. It's incredible and amusing to watch his response, time to sit or hear compared to the husky. She does it, but slowly and always accompanied by lots of husky singing. (laughs) That's funny. I would like to train him using the e-collar so I can feel as confident as possible having him off leash. I would never try to learn a new discipline with a horse without professional guidance and the view of the e-collar the same way. Is this something I would be able to learn enough about on my own with the correct source of material, or should I seek professional help from a trainer? Is this something a confident handler can learn on their own, like from books or online content like yourself? Thanks so much. Great question. So basically, guys, uh, her question is, uh, she works with animals. She's got a good, she's got a good confidence going the things that she's doing. The, it's, can you introduce the e-collar on your own? I would say yes, but generally no. So a lot of people know, but if you know what you're doing and you understand the concepts, yes. I can't tell you guys how many times I've, I mean, it's incredible and it's frustrating even for me to see the amount of people go on my Instagram, YouTube, whatever, and use all the wrong stuff. I mean, they're like, I watch every video, and I'm like, obviously you don't. Or if you do, you're not listening. It's free. You should take notes or something. But some people will like message me like, hey, Tom, I hit the pager, and now my dog's running away. Hey, Tom. I'm like, don't ever use the pager for conditioning, ever, ever, ever. I talk about it in every e-collar video, every single one. And so it amazes me. And, and again, it must be just like human nature because it's happening so much. It must be human nature where so many people are making so many mistakes. And I blatantly have told people like, do not ever do this. And then they message me and say, hey, I did this and it's not working. I'm not even exaggerating. And for my dog trainers out there, you're probably laughing because you're like, oh yeah, that happens all the time. So we are, so two things is, Yes, and I'm going to explain the right format you should go. The other thing is, is uh, we are in the process of actually producing con- th- this video. So we're taking this question, because I get it four, five, six times an hour, and we are actually making a downloadable video that'll likely be an hour 
may be long, and we are going to go over every single thing that you need to know about the remote collar to get started. So people like um, this individual here can feel very confident going forward. So it's going to be with dogs, but it's not going to be with clients. A lot of my videos are very just basically you guys are a fly on the wall watching me train with clients, but sometimes it's not applicable to some of the things that you're dealing with, the size of the dog or your environment. So we're actually making a video on that. Should be done sometime this spring, I would say. So we are very excited about that. It's probably going to be a, a $200 video that you can download and you can have it forever and you can go back to it. And that's basically going to be like your dog trainer for the remote collar. But the answer is yes, uh, you can totally do it. Uh, you know, I would just, again, like recommend going to my YouTube channel, typing in e-collar and looking at my e-collar videos on the introduction, um, because there's a lot of them on there. So the answer is yes. If you take your time and you get the right equipment, I had a podcast just yesterday or I'm sorry, Friday, two days ago with, uh, somebody who, you know, made this mistake, Tom, uh, she messaged me on, she messaged me on, uh, Instagram and she said, hey, Tom, uh, got a remote collar, and I used it, and my dog hides under the bed. Okay. So you, so you watch my content. You, you know how much time I spend in education and teaching. And what'd she do? And this is no, this is no bashing her. She, she knows what she did wrong, and she's, she, she's super cool about it. So if you're listening to this, shout out to you. But, you know, she, she went out, and she got a $30 Amazon e-collar came back put it, it had it had 10 levels she put it on a one which is a corrective level on a cheap collar and the dog hid under the bed for a week because you're not supposed to do that ever i talk about it so much i literally literally created a remote collar with dog so people who watch my content and like the way i train and like the technique and like the exercises can do exactly what i'm doing with no no options for failure unless you don't listen and unless you do the things that I tell you not to do. It's just like baking in a sense when you're introducing some of these things, you guys, is if you're one ingredient off, it's going to be terrible. It's not going to come out the same. So when you're doing e-collar introduction and conditioning just for basic obedience, you have to understand that the equipment matters, the conditioning matters. So again, like you can go out and get an e-collar. It's not the same as mine. Because it's a cheap unit. So my answer is yes. Get yourself the Tom Davis Dogtra 280C. Start low. I would say eight and below. I've had dogs conditioned on a two. Get yourself a long line. Teach your dog how to shut off the remote collar stimulation by doing negative reinforcement over pre-existing behaviors. Go to your place. Tap, 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 tap. They get to their place. Boom, you shut it off. Sit. Tap, 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 tap. Their butt hits the ground. Boom, you shut it off. Fido come, tap, tap, the dog commits, yes, you shut it off. All of those things. If they don't know those three things, don't start using the remote. Don't use the pager. Everyone always says, should I shock the dog or page the dog? Vibrate the dog. Neither. Don't do anything. What are you saying? Stop saying shock. That's, that's just not what you want to do. You're going to use low-level stimulation to condition the dog that the remote collar is a representation of you and your voice. So all you're doing, it takes about a week to do, and I have many videos on it, and in the future, if you're listening to this later in your life, or in the future, we will have videos on exactly how to do it. Great question. All right. Question number two comes from Haley Roser. Sorry if I said that name wrong. Unique leash pulling. Maybe not unique, 
but I haven't heard this twist. We live in an apartment, and so my 10-month-old golden's potty, my 10-month-old's golden potty needs an exercise have been happening. Okay, sorry guys. I'm reading this as it is, and it's not making any sense in English. We're going to try this again. Maybe not unique, but I haven't heard this twist. We live in an apartment, and so my 10-month-old golden's potty needs an exercise have to happen on leash. Don't know what that means. I do try to find some place to take her when she can run around. The only way we can walk for exercise is where she is not pulling currently if she's on a gentle leader. Two, problems I have. I don't think the activity on the lead... The activity of being in a heel position is being retained in personal problem. She doesn't do her business with the GL on general leader. We are practicing it indoors, but I need her to ramp it up. Any tips for apartment dogs? Um, Haley, this is very confusing. I'm going to do my absolute best to decipher what you are asking. Um, and for those of you listening, bear with me. And for those of you in the future who do want to ask me a question, please make sure you reread your, your sentence and, uh, make sure it makes sense. I'm having a hard time with this. The only way we can walk for exercise where she is not pulling currently is if she's on the gentle leader. Two problems. I don't think the activity of being in a heel position is being retained. So that's something, yeah, that's a personal problem that you'll have to go back and really teach her what heel is. So healing and breaking. She doesn't want her business with the gentle leader on and we are practicing indoors. But I need to ramp it up. Uh, any tips for apartment dogs? I, I, I'm sorry, I, I really don't understand what you're asking. But um, if you want to ask again in the future, you certainly can. My tips for apartment dogs is when you go outside... You know, like if if your dog is inside for a long period of time, you can very easily and simply um, bring them outside. And when you first get out there, I think it's fair to just say break and then break your dog. And your dog can have a break and they can do what they want to do. And then you can move back to maybe the slip leash or the prong collar or the martingale or whatever you're using back into a heel. But you just have to make sure that you're you're isolating the difference between heel and break. Uh, again, like this is... I, I don't, I, there's a big misconnection mis between me and this question because I just, grammar, it just doesn't make sense to me. So if you want to ask it again, please do, Haley. I'm so sorry that I can't understand it. All right, release cue. Hi, Tom. Love your podcast and content. I started dog training a few years ago and I have learned so much from you, so thank you. My question is, if you wanted if you wanted to change your dog's release cue, could you do it? Is it wrong to do so and how would you go about it? Thanks. No problem, Cheryl96. So that's awesome that you want to change it. Um, you absolutely can. So it's a lot about how you say it versus what you say. So if your release cue is break, 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 like that. Like a, like a little girl that my voice can be, um, then all you would have to do is like how you say it. So if you wanted to say maybe free, you'd go free, 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 and your dog's going to pick up on that voice inflection uh, over the actual cue. Um, so you can absolutely change it. I don't see anything wrong with changing it, um, but that's what I would do is your voice inflection would really be helpful. Okay. Um, so dog owners, this is where it's at. Allie likes big dogs. Five stars. Thank you so much, Allie. Uh, was listening on Spotify, but stopped the episode just to download on iTunes, just to leave a review. Thanks for the great content. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. As you guys know, this podcast is absolutely free. And for you guys to take the time out of your day just to review it, 
um, is is amazing. So thank you so much. That's that's what kind of gases it up, gases us up, and helps us keep going. My question is: is I've learned from you that the solution to crazy excitement and barking when guests come into the door is to tighten obedience up and teach the place command. My dogs have gotten good at this, staying in place. But when I throw treats in the ground or balls. And they will hold their place when certain people come over. However, if it's someone that they really love, I'm chopped liver. <laughs> I know that they need a correction. I have your doctor caller, but how do I use the deliver the effective correction in the moment? Uh, it's a great question. And so I would uh, I would go back and, and make sure that you're introducing the rem- uh, the remote caller on these things. So very simply, if it's if it's two dogs. Um, I can understand this can get a little um, this could get a little uh, difficult, but when you're doing this first, and I can't I can't really tell uh, you have two GSDs, so two dogs. So what you would want to do is you would want to condition them on the remote collar on the place and the stay. And so essentially, what you would do is you would really work on that impulse control. And there's two big things that you have to do is make sure you can find your corrective level. And for those of you who are listening for the first time or don't know about the corrective level, the corrective level is always and only going to come after you've conditioned the dog on the remote collar and they understand it fully. It usually takes a week and a half to two weeks, but that's what you have to do. So when you're doing the, when you're doing the e-collar stuff, essentially once the dog starts to step off the place as you're walking them, you're going to make sure that you're using your corrective level. So say you're conditioning on a 5, and then your corrective level or a more intense corrective level is going to be a 10, which is extraordinarily low considering it has 127 levels and humans don't usually feel it on their face till about a 6. But for the dog, it's going to be a little bit more sensitive and you can use the e-collar to kind of catch them when they fall or when they get off. Uh, the other thing is, is your guest management. So you really have to make sure that when the people come in, they are not amping your dogs up because I just don't find that to be fair. Even if my dog was in a down place day and somebody came over and was amping my dog up, I would break her just because it would be unfair to her. So that's the other thing is you really have to make sure that your guests are not amping your dogs up uh, and making things worse. So those are some two things is as soon as your dog gets off that place, you have to have that pressure immediately on. Um, and I would also stand closer to your dogs um, so that you, so you have that physical pressure to, to also come in. All right, you guys, we got one more because we're doing three per episode. And if I haven't answered your question, uh, be sure to listen to the next episode because you'll be next. Great information on every episode. G. Triffin. So thank you so much for the five stars. Tom Davis. Tom Davis is a fantastic ambassador for the balanced dog training. Thank you so much. He combines his natural talent and handling of understanding dogs and his charming conversation style, including so many great analogies. Thank you so much. The information he shared, is this just to toot my horn or is there a question? Hold on. The information he shared is just... Oh, just a, uh, just a really nice um, review. Thank you so much, G. I appreciate that. Um, really do. Anybody that just also doesn't have any questions and wants to help us out, uh, you can always leave a review. And, and I do read them. And I appreciate that review, G. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, we have another one, Holly Ann. It's a little bit longer, so this will be a good one. And that's the beauty of podcasting, right? You guys are probably washing the floors or driving or walking or playing fetch with your dog. So here's one. 
I love these podcasts and find all the content valuable in helping me improve my relationship with my dog. Episode 90 was very eye-opening, and I have a similar dog. that uh, I have a one-and-a-half-year-old intact boxer who has some stranger aggression when people come over to our house or get too close to, our, to us on walks. This behavior started at about seven months, and I'm working on place command and heal with a balanced trainer and committed to doing everything I can to help him through this. It seems that the hands... Excuse me. It seems that hands are a trigger for my dog. My dog will be calm when everything is great, and then when people let him sniff their hand, he suddenly jumps and lunges at them and growls in very immediately way. Or sorry, <laughs> intermediate. I think this was intimidating, but spell check. But does not bite. I can also add that we got him at seven weeks, so he has been very. He has never been abused, but he was severely neglected and sick. So the most of his littermates actually died at a very early age. Because they, because of this, he did not have normal puppyhood as he was separated from the litter very early. My question is, have you seen hands to be a trigger for dogs before? And should I be working on anything other than place command when we have visitors over? Any tips for dog owners who have, who have dogs like this, like mine, and do not have a normal starting to life, as I understand that is critical in their development and personalities. Thank you again for your content and invaluable to us dog owners who are dealing with these dogs with air quotes issues. Okay. Um, I have seen dogs do the, do the hand thing. So there's two things is I have seen that. And how do you, how are you going to work on this? So the hands I, I have found to be like this external, like dogs are like, okay, like you're going to draw your gun type thing. That's just almost how I've seen it is they're like, please don't, you know, please, please keep your hands, you know, kind of like, uh, let me see your hands, let me see your hands type thing. So I've seen dogs kind of get insecure about that because it's just movement in general, especially if people are accustomed to putting their hands over the dog to pet them or something like that. Um, but I guess the 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 place command is something that you're going to do in the beginning. But again, I think not at, first of all, not every dog has to be friendly, as you know. Not every dog is going to be friendly and not every dog needs to go up to your guest, as you know. So I think you just have to have like this neutrality game plan that when you're out with your dog or you're in the house with your dog, you can give your dog a break and just tell people to ignore your dog at all costs. Now, if your dog is, again, one of these dogs that will aggressively bark when somebody moves, like it sounds like, like if they just move their arm, if they're just itching their face or rubbing their face when they're around your dog and your dog's going to freak out about that. I think it's just best that you keep your dog away from these people and desensitize over time with, um, neutrality. So having them around the dog and if he reacts, correcting him for this behavior, cause that's going to be part of it. So whatever leash you have on, uh, and the training that you're doing, I would definitely make sure that when you're out, you are correcting the dog once you get this like stranger danger. Oh crap, I gotta, I gotta react, I gotta react. So you can correct that behavior and say, hey, leave it, knock it off, disengage. And then over time, what I have found is it definitely modifies the behavior with most dogs. So you get an opportunity to have a stranger into the house or on the walk. And you just tell, you know, if you're talking to that person, you just say, yeah, again, like obedience helps, the heel helps, the leave it helps. But when you're out and you're stopping to talk to somebody or somebody approaches and asks for directions or somebody comes into your house, you have to keep your dog a safe distance away from that person because you know, you know, your dog has this suspicion of hands when they move. And it's very likely for this human being to move their hands. So keeping a safe distance, having that conversation, telling that person to ignore your dog, uh, putting your dog into a sit stay or just a stay 
or if you're in the house, maybe a play stay. And then if he does react negatively, you can correct him for that behavior. So giving him a pop on the leash and saying, hey, leave it uh, would be my my suggestion. But what happens, and I've done this many times on my videos, so it's not just my opinion, it's what's worked for me, is once the dog makes a better decision to not react, then you can pay the dog externally with food or a ball or just a good boy and just let the dog know that they've done good. Um, I also think that, you know, at a year and a half, you're dealing with the dog still trying to figure themselves out. So I think giving it a little bit more time as well will be helpful just to see if things get better because some dogs go through this like stranger danger phase. But I think over time, it's just he reacts and says, oh God, we got a freak. You correct it, say, quit the crap. No, you don't, relax. And then the minute that the person that comes over as a distraction, he doesn't react to that person. You would say, good, leave it. Pay him a little bit. Don't overdo it. Don't look at him and like hug him and say, yay, good job. If somebody comes up and he doesn't react, you tell him, well, if somebody comes up first, you'd say, leave it. Or you might just not say anything. And then if he makes a good decision after the leave it or after you just being neutral, you would then pay the dog heavily um, moving forward. So th those are the things I would do, but make his world smaller. Do not let him off leash at the house with new people. Obviously, keep him on a leash and keep him away from people when you're out on your walks because um, I think that that's, that's, that's going to be helpful too moving forward. You, don't want, you do not want him to, to have all that freedom to, to make these mistakes. So I hope that helps, and I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Thanks for listening to me rant. Um, before you go, again, all the links will be in the description below about what we've talked about. And again, just, I just wanted to have this conversation because sometimes I just like accumulate all this stuff and I'm like, man, people, I, I hope people don't think I'm trying to be a certain way or, and there's just part of me too, guys, where again, I said this in the beginning of the podcast is I'm looking so big and I'm looking so macro and I'm looking so big picture that sometimes, uh, I just don't say anything cause I just don't, it just doesn't mean anything to me. It's like, oh yeah, you're trying to do this and you're trying to fake us all out. We all, it's like, no, I'm not. And then there's sometimes where I just think about it. I'm like, man, I, I should say something about some of the things that I do. So people understand, because the last thing I want you guys to think is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to dupe people into some of these things. And again, we did one stage video three years ago, and it's the most viewed e-collar video on the internet, which I'm very proud of because it's helped a lot of people understand things and it's continuing to do it. And I posted them recently on TikTok, and I had some people kind of creeping into the comments that just thought that I was trying to, you know, be somebody I'm not. And it just, anyway, so anyway, I just wanted to, and for you guys, you're probably laughing about it and you're like, yeah, yeah, we understand. And, and it's funny, but uh, members club link is in the description below. Make sure you guys sign up if you're interested. It's going up next month. Um, it's 19.99 right now. And you're getting, if you like my YouTube channel, you're getting all of those videos, but the whole thing. So all the unreleased stuff and all the stuff in between. Link is in the description below. Uh, thank you guys so much, No Bad Dog Army. I'm so excited about the future and the things that we're doing. I appreciate you listening. And um, I'm going to answer more questions in the next podcast, probably coming out tomorrow. And then again on Wednesday. I just wanted to make this on Sunday just because, uh, yeah, we missed last week. So hope you guys are well. Talk to you next time. Bye.
Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.